The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It is seven minutes past eight here on South Africa's news and information leader, SAFM. This is AM Live and time now for the Forum at 8. And as we promised, it's just two weeks to go before the general elections. And we have the Independent Electoral Commission of South Africa, the IEC, in studio to talk to us about everything concerning this year's elections. So any questions you may have, you can either give us a call on 0891-104-208 or you can SMS 34701. If you'd like to get in touch on uh, Twitter or Facebook, AM Live on SAFM, that is our handle. And with all of that said, uh, we welcome now onto the forum Commissioner Terry Tsilani. Good morning. Good morning to you and to your listeners. And we really appreciate uh, that you made the time to come in. I just want to start off by saying, you know, when we talk about the IEC and we look at the fact that we are two weeks to go to an election, this was always the one institution that was beyond reproach, if you will. It was the one institution that South Africans showed so much goodwill towards and I personally think it's rather unfortunate that we are now approaching an election and people are casting aspersions in uh, the one uh, sector. And in the other way, you know, people are questioning the integrity of the IEC. How are you dealing with that? Well, it is true that we find ourselves in a very unenvious position. Um, But we're doing every little thing at the technical level to make sure that uh, we are able to deliver um, credible elections. Uh, There are four things that are important uh, in preparation for the election. The first aspect is that you've got to have a credible voter's role. That we have been able to develop. It was certified on the 5th of March, and all the political parties and everyone who has seen it is satisfied with the, with, 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 with the kind of the voters' role we have. It's very, very current. The second aspect is the quality of the electoral staff. We have recruited almost now 218,000 staff members who are going to be part of this process. We've got a pool of electoral expertise that we've trained and used over many years, and this is the pool that we believe will be able to deliver this election. The third one is the quality of the elections, mm. the quality of the uh, logistics. Oh, yes. At the level of quality of logistics, we are ready. We've done every little thing. We are done with the production of the ballot papers. In fact, we've already uh, sent uh, our ballot papers overseas for to allow the South Africans who live uh, in foreign countries to be able to cast the vote during their special votes. So, at that level we are ready at the technical level. The fourth aspect is obviously a political environment. Mm. There are many potholes uh, in this area and we are still trying to navigate all these issues and the issues that you have mentioned fall fall within this category. It is a challenge uh, but it's a challenge unfortunately that is also outside uh, our own hands, particularly as commissioners. You may be aware that in relation to the issues that we have raised, uh, the question of uh, uh, the chairperson, uh, or let me rather say that the, the report of uh, the public protector, as well as the forensic report that was uh, conducted through PwC, uh, has made particular findings. We as a commission have accepted uh, those reports, and we are busy implementing uh, those reports. However, a matter that we have always emphasized is that a matter relating to 
one of our commissioners, which is uh, Advocate Ben Dagola, who's our chairperson. Uh, unfortunately, it's a matter that falls outside our realm, so we are not empowered in law to deal with that particular issue. But all other issues that are related to us, that, are with, that fall within our ambit, uh, that relate to all other issues, we assist with those matters and we're dealing with them. Now, the multi-party forum have unequivocally called for uh, uh, Advocate Pansy Tlakula to actually step aside. And what they have essentially said is that her continued involvement uh, with the election processes actually uh, casts doubt. It, it actually puts a cloud over the IEC and the election. Yes, um, we had a discussion with the multi-party forum and uh, these are the issues that they have raised in the discussions that we've had. And you may be aware that they've decided to take the matter to court. Mm. And then we respect all the instruments that have been established in the electoral uh, uh, law, uh, such as the, the the role of the electoral court to uh, intervene in areas where there are disputes of this nature. And we believe that the electoral court is an appropriate forum to deal with that particular issue. But we respect the opinion of the political parties. Um, there is no way that we can say uh, we reject everything that they say. Mm. And coming back to the voters' role uh, that you uh, mentioned in part of your uh, technical uh, integrity, the preparedness for this election, are you satisfied that the voters' role as it stands across the country is credible? Absolutely. The voters' role that we have is the most credible document we have. Uh, Very, very current. I mean, the majority of countries... Uh, do not have the kind of the system that we have on the voters roll. Our voters roll before it is certified, uh, you check it against information on the population register. So those people, for instance, who have died, uh, get removed automatically. And uh, uh, unlike uh, many countries, particularly in the continent. Mm. When uh, you say automatically, how does that happen? We take our information, we check it automatically through our IT system against the population register. Mm. And then it will indicate because people, when they die, they report death uh, to the Department of Home Affairs. And that information, therefore, uh, we able to use it uh, to check as to whether people who we have on a voter's roll uh, are still alive or not. So if you, uh, you are dead, uh, automatically we remove you uh, from the voter's roll. So before we certify the information, uh, with, uh, we certify the voter's roll, we check that information against the population register and able to come to that determination. So we have the most up-to-date current um, uh, voters' role ever uh, in the country. With regard to uh, the Tlokwe situation, and I'm fully aware that that was a uh, municipal by-election, but it called into question the voters' role in that particular area. Has that situation been resolved? Yeah, um, it has been dealt with in a, in, in a way, and I'll tell you why I'm saying this. Um, but perhaps before I, I talk about uh, this, it's important for me to indicate what happens when a person comes to a voting station or at the registration station to register. Mm. The only thing that we require from our side as the Electoral Commission, it is your ID. If you are registered, you know that we don't ask you for the details of actually where you live or proof of residence. Mm. You come, you give us an ID, you tell us where you live, we accept your bona fides. So, whatever information you give us, we will believe it. So, we'll check 
on our maps, if you're saying I'm staying at number 3 Zelani Street, I will be able to check in the map as to whether you fall within that voting district. And I will register you accordingly. If you are a South African, you've got a barcoded ID, and uh, you are 16 and above. So, this is all the information we have uh, of a voter. Mm. Now, what happened in Trogwe, um and then it happened actually in Josini, as well as Sabatuluzi, and uh, what 39 in, in Kwamashu. We found that there were people who were basically trying to use a registration to try to get people who reside outside the wards where they, uh, they reside in order for them to be able to out, uh, influence the outcome of an election. Now, that's not a problem of the IEC. It's a problem of a candidate or a political party uh, that does that. So if people are passed from outside the ward in order to influence an outcome, we obviously wouldn't know. Because mm-hmm. when you come to us, we ask only for a barcoded ID. But doesn't that then identify a weakness in the system that needs to be tightened, of course? Well, there is a debate about that. There is a debate about that because how many people, for instance, if I, if I said to you, uh, give me your proof of residence. Mm. Uh, take, for instance, in Johannesburg. There are many people who are not staying, who are not paying uh, for rates where they're staying. They're staying with relatives. Sometimes they're using different uh, surnames. Some stay with their boyfriends or girlfriends. They're using different surnames. Uh, so proof of residence would actually be in one person. So how do you deal with that particular issue? How do you deal with the issues of people who are homeless? Because those people also are entitled to a vote. They are unable to give you anything that will be able to indicate whether they... Uh, they they reside where they reside. If you are homeless, you are residing under a bridge somewhere in Johannesburg. Come the election day, you want to participate in the process. You've got no proof of residence. So it means I must exclude you. The constitution mm-hmm. is structured in such a way that it allows people the, the inclusivity uh, rather than exclusivity. So it is important that when we deal with that particular issue, we look at it within that context. But a matter, and this is my personal opinion, a matter that I think uh, uh, is becoming a problem, uh, it is particularly when it comes to by-elections, uh, that issue of people being passed from one area to the other by political parties or candidates. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, I'm beginning to gravitate towards a position that says, perhaps we should not actually open a voter's role for by-elections, so that the voters' role as it stands now as we go into the national and provincial elections, whenever a vacancy arises, it is the voters' role that we use. Because remember now, uh, whether you you uh, register in this ward or that ward, it's really immaterial. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it is only in areas where vacancies arise, and then we open registration for that particular area. Then people come from other areas to try to influence the outcome of those elections. Of course, that is electoral fraud. Mm. And then if a person is actually found guilty, um, that particular person can actually be excluded from participating in the elections. But surely that, therefore, 
would compel the IEC, I, I, I would think that the IEC would want to actually come up with a solution to this problem within, of course, the ambit of the Constitution. Because it cannot be that you have a situation whereby this situation is just left you know, to persist because you don't know how you actually are going to verify where people live. Especially, as you say, when it comes down to a local government election, you can't have people from Durban voting for someone who's going to serve a constituency in Soweto. It doesn't make sense. No, absolutely. And that's why even within the commission, uh, we are beginning to explore this possibility. And then after this national provincial elections, we'll sit down as a commission and begin to explore all other avenues and see what works and what doesn't work. Uh, but it's an issue that we have identified, particularly when it comes to by-elections, because that problem becomes only relevant when it comes to by-elections uh, for, for the wards. But when it comes to national and provincial elections, it's completely material. We are speaking uh, to Commissioner Terry Tsalane, who is the Vice Chairperson of the Independent Electoral Commission of South Africa. And uh, you can join in the conversation. You can give us a call on 0891-104-208, or you can SMS us on 34701, and uh, we'll continue uh, with the, uh, the, the conversation as well as your calls uh, after the break when we come back. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Commissioner Terry Tsalani, our guest on the forum at 8. It is 21 minutes uh, past 8 o'clock and the lines are open 0891-104-208 or you can SMS us on 34701. Now, Commissioner Tsalani, when it comes to the integrity of the ballot papers that you spoke about, you said you've already received them, you've already sent some of them off overseas. That is another thing that people have questioned incessantly. Uh, the fact that, you know, those will be kept safely absolutely we have got um, a very secure uh, plan uh, in terms of the security of our uh, ballot papers and then in terms of the way we operate remember there are particular security measures that are also put in the ballot paper but in addition to that the security materials do not travel together with the ballot paper. So even if for some strange reasons, and I'm saying for some strange reasons because it's inconceivable mm -hmm. uh, that any person would actually be able to have access to the ballot paper unless that particular person is then the employer of our organization. If you happen to have a ballot paper, uh, you will not have the security materials uh, that will authenticate uh, that particular ballot paper. So um, it is one of the things that we are using in order to make sure that uh, we protect the integrity of the ballot paper and the process. And in addition to that, we have identified quite a number of places where we are going to be uh, storing these materials uh, so that on the day of the elections when we need them, we are able to access them. We have made arrangements also with the police and security cluster ministers to make sure that they help us with the security of all these materials, including the ballot papers. But apart from that, the most important thing is what actually happens when you get to the voting station. Mm. When you get to the voting station, remember, each and every voting station has got its own code. We've got currently 22,263 voting stations. Each one has got its own code. 
And when you get to the voting stations, you've got party agents. Before you start with the voting on the day of the elections, you show all the party agents a ballot box that it is empty, and then immediately after that, you are able to open for business. With everybody having seen that, there are no pre-marked ballot papers in that particular ballot box. The party agents remain there for the rest of the day, and immediately, when we finish voting at 9 o'clock, that voting station is turned into a counting station. So, there is no way that you can transport the materials from one station to another. Mm. You count there. And immediately after counting, and this, I think it's another transparent way of showing that there is no way that there can be interference with the results of that voting at that particular station. Then you take that information, you put it in our result slip, you put the result slip at the door of the station where the counting happened with the signature of the party agents to say or to confirm uh, that the results that are reflected there are the results as uh, at that voting station. Immediately after that, two other, two other uh, result slips are taken. One is put in the ballot box and it is sealed. In case there's a dispute at a later stage, we can come and check again. Mm. The third uh, result slip is taken to a municipal office where we have an office of the municipal electoral office. That information is captured uh, into our system and uh, we also uh, 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 put it through the system as is so that any person who can actually, who actually want to see the ballot paper or rather the result slip can be able to see that result slip and can be able to confirm the results that are captured and the information that is contained in that uh, information but in addition to that we've got auditors who come and audit. These are independent organizations mm -hmm. that we employ specifically for purpose of auditing our results. You know, I always say that on the day of the elections, if a political party has got uh, a very good infrastructure, it is able to tell you, like if we're having the elections on the 7th, that political party will be able to give you the results on the 8th because they've got party agents everywhere. But from our side, we always insist on having to make sure that we check each and every information first before that information is captured and the result uh, is accepted. We've got to authenticate it. We've got to make sure that we go through all this process. So our processes take much longer than those of the political parties because we've got to be careful, we've got to be legalistic, we've got to make sure that everything uh, uh, has been mm. checked uh, before information is actually put. With on. regard to the auditing firm, have you already appointed? We appointed a long time ago. We are done. We're done with the election. Are you in a position to tell us who it is? And, and, and of course, what people want to know is the criteria that was used. How were they appointed? What was the criteria we, used? We had a tender, and this tender indicated the specifications, and then eventually uh, a, part, uh, rather, uh, 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 a company that uh, uh, was the best, that suited the, the criteria, that suited our specifications, uh, was appointed. And which company is that? It's PwC. PwC. Let's just take a few callers. Uh, 0891-104208. Uh, Jason is in Cape Town. Good morning, Jason. Good morning to you. I've got a question for the IC. 
how do they make provision for inpatients in hospital? Okay. Thank you so much, Jason. And let's just take another call from Brett in Nelspreet. Good morning, Brett. Um, good morning. Um, I'm betting to you people. I'm going to ask the question. Okay, we'll try and see if we can get uh, Brett back there. But, of course, the issue of special votes uh, raised, uh, raised by Jason. So it will be people in hospital. It will be uh, who else? Uh, people who will be providing service on the day. Um, who else falls into that category? No, no, no. Actually, the special votes this time around mm. is for any person. Any person. Any person. Any person who, on the day of the elections, is not going to be in that voting district. Qualifies. So if you're working or for some strange reasons you are not available for to be able to cast a vote on the 7th, you could apply for special vote. So we don't have categories. Mm. It's any person. But this is the difference. On the 5th and 6th, we are going to be opening all our voting stations. But we are opening them only for those people who applied for special votes. So how do you go closed, about applying? No, we're done. We're done. We open uh, for special votes from the 7th uh, to the 17th. We close on the 17th of April. So if Jason is asking now, then Jason obviously has missed, he's missed. Uh, that opportunity. He has missed. So, so, so he's in hospital. What happens? He needs to make a plan to get to a voting station. He's got to make a plan to go to the voting station. Regrettably, we cannot be able to cater for any person who has not applied. We emphasize this thing. We emphasize this message to say any person who on the day of the elections will not be at their voting stations or in their voting district have got to take advantage of this opportunity. We opened our systems for special votes registration from the 7th to the 17th and on the 17th we close. We've got now close to 250,000 people who have actually applied. And we're going to proceed on the basis of those people, only those people who have applied. And I want to emphasize this point because sometimes there's a tendency, especially when now our people begin to, to, to visit the hospitals and uh, old age rooms, for people to say, but, you know, I was there, but I see officials uh, could not allow me to vote. Of course, we're not going to allow you to vote if you are not on our, uh, if you have not actually applied mm. for special vote. We only going to be going to those places. Even if you go to go old age, we only going to cater for people who took advantage of the window that we opened from the seventh to the seventeenth of April. If you have not applied, even if you are there and our officials are there, there is no way that our officials will allow you to participate. Speaking uh, to the Independent Electoral Commission of South Africa this morning, Commissioner Terry Tselani is our guest and will continue with the conversation and also taking your calls on 0891-104-208. It is 29 minutes uh, before 9 o'clock right now and time for news headlines with Aurelie Kalinga. Now 26 minutes uh, before 9 o'clock and time to find out what's happening uh, on Rowena Bird Show this morning. Good morning, Rowena. On Morning Talk this morning. Good morning, Sakina. Thank you very much. On Morning Talk today, we're going to have our regular open line in the first hour of the program. Now, every Wednesday we do this and we'd like to hear from you and let you set the tone for the show. You can call in with whatever you would like to talk about, except, of course, for issues of a party political nature. And this is seeing as we, in the middle of 
an election broadcast period, the elections fast approaching, two weeks away now. So anything else is fair play and uh, we would like you to call us and put whatever on the agenda. After the open line, we're going to talk to Tamia, who is an R&B singer and songwriter. She's in South Africa to perform in Cape Town. She's also going to be performing in Johannesburg and PE over three days. And if you're a fan like me, there's no way you'd miss this conversation and this interview, as well as the concerts, of course, and we'll give you more details on those a little later. At 10.30, we'll talk about a view by a recruitment practitioner who is of the opinion that the process of recruitment of companies still remains ageist. She's says many company boards opt for established leaders of relatively advanced age rather than uh, bringing in unproven new raw talent uh, who may have decades of working life ahead of them. So we'll talk about that a little later. We'll also go to Damascus and talk about Syria's first ever presidential elections. They're due to take place on the 3rd of June this year. Of course, you would know this will be happening amidst a civil war in that country, a war that has claimed over 150,000 people and has displaced millions more. Now, Western diplomats as well as opposition forces say these elections are farcical and they say they are unrepresentative with new laws being introduced which don't really allow opposition participation in the elections and that almost guarantees a win for President Bashar al-Assad and uh, if he were to win it should be his third term in office, a seven year term in office. So that's what we're going to be exploring after the 11 o'clock news and that completes the show for today Thank you Sakina I am Willis Ntunu, MEC for Transport, Community Safety and Liaison in Wazul Natal. The year 2014 is a historical milestone. We celebrate our 20 years of freedom and democracy. The Department of Transport, Community Safety and Liaison has worked hard over the years to improve people's lives, especially in rural communities. Since 1994, we have provided more than 22,000 learners with free scholar transport to improve access to education. In addition, 8.5 million citizens in Wazulu Natal enjoy subsidized public transport. We have ensured a broadly stable and peaceful taxi industry. Crime levels have dropped significantly through the hard work of the police, partnering with communities. We also strengthened CPFs and established the KZN CCPA to place people at the center of fighting crime. These are indeed great stories to tell. Let us continue to work together to move South Africa forward. Wazulu Natal is to Today, a much better province than it was before 1994. The South African Trade, Investment and Tourism Promotion Guide, in partnership with SAFM, will be hosting monthly radio broadcasts to promote trade and investment opportunities to local business and foreign investors. We invite business from all sectors in the Limpopo province to join us at the Fusion Hotel in Polokwane on the 25th of April 2014. To participate for free, contact Boyce Kajaneni at 082-923-4402 or email at rsvp at bbmmedia.co.za. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. And welcome to the forum as we continue our conversation with Commissioner Terry Tselani, who is the Vice Chairperson of the Independent Electoral Commission of South Africa, taking your questions, your comments on 0891-104-208, or you can SMS us on 34701. I believe Jason called us back. And what Jason was saying is that um, he actually did apply 
for um, a special vote. And he is just trying to get clarity as to whether the IEC will be going to hospitals for people to actually cast their votes. Definitely, our officials will be visiting those people who have applied for special votes who are in hospitals as well as in old age homes. In fact, uh, those who have also requested to be visited in their homes, our officials will be visiting them in their homes. Let's just go to the lines quickly and uh, take some questions, comments from our callers. 0891-104-208. OJ, Prophet OJ, good morning. Good morning, my good friend, and how are you this morning? I am fantastic, thanks, and how are you? <laughs> I can feel you are, and your, 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 your guest is also as fantastic as you are, I can, I can, I can hear you. I'm, I'm saved by the blood of God, Jesus Christ, there, my darling. And, uh, my question is, uh, I heard my brother there talking about, uh, independent auditors, uh, who would be auditing their, uh, uh, results. Mm-hmm. My, my question is: uh, Do we have uh, do 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 we have the independent security measures as well? All right. uh, security measures for processes and uh, and uh, my, my brother there does not mind. I would love him to contact me. You give his number. There is something uh, which I want to discuss with him. Elections related. It's elections related, but I don't want to. Uh, to, to, to put it on air. Okay. Well, shall do just that. Thank you so much, uh, Prophet OJ. Uh, Trevor, you're in Mpumalanga. Good morning. Good morning. Morning, Trevor. Uh, good morning. Uh, I had, unfortunately, my uh, passport and my ID were stolen over this last weekend, which is past the closing period. What do I do? All right. Uh, thank you so much, Trevor. We'll get a response for you for that. And then Martha and Umtata, good morning. Good morning, uh, Sakina, and good morning, Commissioner Tulani. Good morning. Um, uh, let me start by saying I'm so my ignorance or oh, stupidity will be excused. But as I've been listening to the Commissioner explaining, and as far as I know it, you go alone in that uh, box. If it's national elections, you've got two ballot papers, wasn't taught how to fold and so on. And you make your mark alone there. Now the question is, let's say I've been claiming to be a loyal member of the NC, I even carry the card, but who knows? Maybe all along I've been voting for the UDM or maybe I've been voting for the SP. Why are about telling people, don't vote for such and such a body, vote for such and such a body, or you just Depends on the person's loyalty. That's my question. So I think I listen on the radio. Okay. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much, uh, Martha. Now, um, Mr. Tulani, if we can just start with uh, the independent security companies that will be overseeing the elections. Yeah, as I suggested earlier, we put lots and lots of security measures in our processes, even in the manner that we capture the information. Uh, information has got to be captured three times, for instance. And um, every time when you capture information, that information, uh, you can't see it. Um, it disappears, but you've got to capture it. And you've got to capture it three times. And in order for that particular information to be authentic. So mm-hmm. that, you know, you don't put different numbers. If you put different numbers, it puts that as an exception. In other words, that result 
will already be flagged as a result that has got to be dealt with uh, differently. So you've got to check as to whether the information indeed does correlate and information is accurate. That is the first aspect. Uh, but every little step that we go through, we put in security measures. Some of the security measures, we don't really talk about them publicly, but we make sure that we have all these measures in place in order to protect the sanctity of a vote. And then uh, Trevor wanted to know about uh, his lost ID and passport. Now, obviously, the question around that would be what documentation would be acceptable for him to go and cast his vote? He must go immediately to the nearest Home Affairs office and they will provide him with immediate effect uh, the temporary identification certificate. And that temporary identification certificate can be utilized for the purpose of the elections. And Martha raises the issue of privacy. Now, as she was speaking, I immediately thought of a situation whereby we've heard where people are told they need to go in and use their cell phones to take a picture to actually prove to people who they voted for. Can you talk to us about that? What happens when you get into that booth where you are casting your vote and are other people allowed to come into that booth with you at all? No, 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 no. You will be alone in that cubicle uh, to make your own decision. No one will be able to know which party you have voted for. And then we're doing this thing because, as I've indicated, the most important element about the election is that we've got to protect the secrecy of the vote and the sanctity of that vote. You know, so that's the only way. That's why we're putting in a cubicle where no one can see. Are you now, allowed to take your cell phone? Cell phones, we do not allow them. They are banned. On the day of the elections, previously it was possible, but uh, in the current legislation, uh, we have changed that arrangement. And therefore, cell phones will not be allowed at a voting station. How are you going to enforce that? Will people actually physically check if you do have a cell phone? Our people will definitely check. All right. So just so that people are aware of that. And also the other question that has come up time and time again is uh, the question of the personnel used to actually man the voting stations. And people have questioned the fact that uh, a lot of time you find teachers because we use a lot of schools as uh, destinations, um, uh, voting destinations. And therefore, very often teachers are used. And people uh, have raised the issue that many of these teachers would be members of Kasatu that are affiliated to the ANC and uh, therefore it also calls into question the integrity of uh, these people working at those stations. I'm glad that you've raised that particular issue because this is an issue that has been raised on numerous occasions. Uh, but I must indicate that the criteria that we're using for the appointment of electoral staff is a criteria that was canvassed with all the political parties. Before the last elections, we visited all the political parties that were registered to participate in the elections. Some of them were already in the National Assembly and Provincial Assemblies, Provincial Legislatures. We went to their offices, we sat down with them, we discussed all electoral-related matters, and then the criteria for the appointment of electoral staff was one of the issues that they raised. Flowing from there, we went back as the Commission and developed a criteria to capture what all the political parties have said. One of the issues that they have indicated was that we should not allow any person with high political profile uh, to be part of an electoral staff. And we do check that information. If we find that you 
hold a political profile in a party that has got political objectives, we remove you immediately. But also we take the names of all the people who are participating uh, in the elections. We submit them to party liaison committees, committees where all these political parties that are contesting the elections uh, participate. This is an advisory structure that we consult all the time as the Electoral Commission as we move closer towards the elections. And then these political parties then are able to say, we object against this name because we know this particular person is an activist and plays this role in this particular political party. And we remove those people once uh, we have checked and authenticated the information. Obviously, sitting at the national office, we would not know each and every person who we employ. I indicated earlier to you, we've got about 218,000 staff members that are going to be helping us with the elections. So it is important, therefore, that we rely a lot on the political parties for them to be able to help us uh, with... Uh, to identify. To identify those. Okay. Let's go back to the lines. John in France, good morning. Good morning. Um, my question is this. I've noticed a very significant surge in government spending on, uh, uh, on advertising in the press and on the air uh, during this election campaign, with general messages saying you've had good government for 20 years. Now, in the past, this sort of thing was stopped, and I want to know, is the IEC monitoring it, and will it do anything about it? Because these messages obviously have the effect of aiding the ruling party. Thank you so much, John. KG in Bloemfontein, good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much for taking my call, and good morning to the deputy chairperson there. Yes. I just want to congratulate the... No, no, to wish the IEC good luck. I wish they, they, they run a, a nice and credible election, because, you know, the election is one of the things that can make or break a country. Mm. And to Mr. Silani, personally, I, I just hope and pray for him to hang on to his integrity through by uh, whatever means necessary because, you know, so many people of, 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 of high-profile positions, especially black people, are tainted by scandal and, 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 and chaos these days. So it is very nice for me individually to, if we, we still have one or two people, you know, who are credible, who respect us as South Africans. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, uh, KG. Now, if we could just get a quick response to John's question there, Mr. Tsilani. Um this is a matter that was brought to us by uh, Freedom Front, and uh, we investigated the matter, and then we found that, uh, in fact, we are not empowered in law to deal with a particular issue. As I've indicated, within the electoral system, there are quite a number of institutions that are supposed to be dealing with certain things. So if a political party is not happy with certain things that government is doing or they believe that there is an abuse of state resources, as the DA uh, is doing, you've got the courts. You've got the electoral court, you've got other courts that can be able to deal with those issues. And uh, some of these issues have been referred to, as far as I'm aware, have been referred to uh, the High Court in the Western Cape by the, by the Democratic Alliance. So in response to John, this falls outside your ambit as the IEC? Yes. All right. And we'll continue to take those calls on 891 Alternatively, you can tweet us uh, or Facebook AM Live on SAFM or SMS 34701. The following party election broadcast is brought to you in terms of the ECASA regulations governing the election period. The views expressed in this party election broadcast 
are those of the political party and not those of the SABC. Hi, I'm Helen Zilla, leader of the Democratic Alliance. As South Africa's most diverse party, the DA is committed to fighting corruption and creating jobs for all South Africans. In the Western Cape, we've made significant progress in improving people's lives. We've prioritized basic services for the poor, improved education for all, and created jobs. Under Presidents Mandela and Mbeki, the country saw progress. But under Jacob Zuma's ANC, the gains are being reversed. Today, there are 1.4 million more unemployed South Africans than there were on the day he took office. With your help, the DA will bring change to our country. We'll do this by cutting corruption and growing the economy to create 6 million permanent jobs. So lend us your vote on the 7th of May and let us show you what we can do. Because we're looking forward to bringing change that creates jobs for all South Africans. Vote DA. Together for change. Together for jobs. This party election broadcast was brought to you in terms of the ICASA regulations governing the election period. The views expressed in this party election broadcast are those of the political party and not those of the SABC. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Nine minutes uh, before nine o'clock. Let's see how much we can squeeze in here before the top of the hour. Speaking to Commissioner Terry Tselane from the IEC, taking your question, comments, whatever it is you'd like to share with uh, Commissioner Tselane. Let's go to Advocate Mantula. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Sister Sakina and Commissioner Tselane. Quick one, Sakina. Yesterday on your topic, issue of trust, I think we need to take account that uh, the current chairperson, uh, Commissioner Takula, he was once the former CEO of the same uh, electoral commission that has been giving elections a green light. Two critical questions to Commissioner Telani, the question of foreign observer missions and the support of domestic observer missions. Because it seems that what I've been picking up from you, we tend not to allow the role of the observer missions to be helping us. And finally, political violence, intimidation that maybe you have picked up since the peak of campaigns. Thank you, Sakina. Thank you, Advocate Mantula. Lenin Cape Town, good morning. Hi, good morning. A little bit late in the day to ask this question, but I have, I might add, written letters to the IEC. Um, the productivity in South Africa leaves much to be desired. I would like to know which bright spark uh, chose a Wednesday, right slap bang in the middle of the week, to actually have the election. Why not logically over a weekend? Thank you, Len. Uh, Advocate Zelani? Um, oh, now I'm saying <laughs> Advocate. Uh, <laughs> Commissioner Zelani. <laughs> Let me start with the last question. Um, in terms of the Electoral Act, uh, the President has got to consult with the uh, Electoral Commission uh, before he announces and proclaims the date of the elections. Similarly, at the provincial level, the Premiers have got to do so. So we have had discussions with the President uh, on the date of the elections and uh, also the Premiers and then came to an agreement. Now, here is one of the problems about uh, a day closer to the weekend. When you decide on the date of the elections, you've got to take into consideration holidays, public holidays, 
particularly religious holidays. We've got to make sure that we take in consideration uh, the Jewish holidays, the Christian holidays, uh, the Muslims, and all other uh, communities. You also have got to take in consideration public holidays because what normally happens is that if you have an election, for instance, on a Friday, other people, they take it as a long weekend, and therefore they go fishing or they go uh, to the coast and did not participate in the elections. So having an election on a Wednesday actually prevents uh, that kind of a situation. And also, uh, as I've suggested, you've got to make, it, you've got to make sure that uh, you avoid all other days that can actually conflict with the religious uh, holidays of various communities. And, um, and then also, you've got to take in consideration what the Constitution says. The Constitution says... You've got to have the elections within 90 days after the date of the last elections. The last elections were on the 22nd of April 2009. And therefore, when you work out the details of when you can actually have the elections, you've got to work now between the 22nd of April and count 90 days within it. And then deal with all other variables that I have mentioned so that you do not actually end up having an election, for instance, during the Easter weekend. You know, so mm. All of those kind of considerations. Of yeah. And then um, Advocate Mantula's issue on observer missions? We take the observer missions uh, very seriously. In fact, uh, already here we've got uh, uh, our uh, friends uh, internationally uh, who are observing these elections. We've got SADC mission already in the country and quite a number of other missions are already here um, observing the elections. So we're working very, very closely with them. In fact, tomorrow we will be uh, uh, briefing uh, some of our observer missions, particularly your international ones. Mm. There was also the domestic th- ones. Uh, yes. The domestic ones, we've been having discussions with uh, organizations that represent uh, people who are going to be coming as domestic ob- observers. We've, new, we've had numerous discussions with them, and we've got plans in place to make sure that we are able to work with both domestic and uh, international observers in making sure that they are able to observe our processes. And then, are there any special measures in place uh, to deal with uh, potential conflict, uh, violence uh, areas that may arise? And looking at Hutsong, Bekasdal, for example, parts of KZN in the past, have you taken that into consideration? Absolutely. We've been doing that. We've been doing that um, even before the last registration. Uh, we established what we call conflict management committees, these conflict management committees have been working with the communities. Our own leaders at different levels of our organizations have also been engaged in discussions with the communities, and we are hoping that these uh, conversations will bear fruit. Mm. But apart from it, and then we always say that you know, political settlement is uh, our first prize. We want discussions. We want discussions to resolve whatever issues. We want to persuade the communities not to engage in uh, violent protest, particularly as we go uh, to the 7th of, of May. Uh, but in an event where we have that, uh, there is a very close cooperation between ourselves and the security cluster ministers, and, 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 and in those discussions uh, are able then to be able to detect areas that require intervention, and that intervention will, 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 will occur. Uh, from the side of the 
security cluster. Let me run through a few SMSs very quickly, if you can literally give me five-second answers. Uh, WM says, is it true that there's a stamp on the back of each ballot form, and if that is missing, the form is invalid? That is correct. Uh, Tracy from Bila Bila asks, what aspects should appear on an unspoiled ballot paper before a person makes one's choice? I don't understand. The I also don't quite understand. The aspect should appear on the unspoiled ballot paper. Um, I don't quite understand, Tracy. Maybe if you can send another SMS, we'll pass it on to the commissioner to respond to. And then um, this one says, um, I registered to vote in Cape Town and now moved to the Northern Cape. Can I still vote here? You, you, that person uh, will be entitled only to a national ballot. And then uh, remind us why we use secret ballot if this is a free and democratic society to protect the sanctity of an election and the secrecy of a vote. And uh, then TD says, how many ballot boxes per voting station are determined by the IEC? It depends on the number of people who are registered at that voting station. So there, we did well. We ran through quite a few of those. And uh, I shall take uh, the other questions that uh, you have, SMS, and I'll say, uh, give them to uh, Commissioner Tselani. And uh, hopefully all of these questions will be answered. But I think what it does highlight is the fact that voter education is still necessary and still important. Absolutely. That is, unfortunately, all we have time for this mission of, uh, this morning. Commissioner Terry Tsanani, who is Vice Chairperson of the Independent Electoral Commission of South Africa, thank you so much for coming through. Thank you very much, and to your listeners as well. And that's how the forum comes to an end. And thanks to you, as well as the production team, for uh, the great participation uh, this morning. And, of course, we'll be back bright and early tomorrow at 6 a.m.